Welcome to Crypto Talks, the podcast that features the early adopters of the blockchain and cryptocurrency world. It's me, Ani Alexander, and I will uncover the stories of the humans behind the crypto and introduce you to new and exciting blockchain projects. Are you ready for the journey down the rabbit hole? Hello, everyone, and today I'm very happy to say that I am relaunching the Crypto Talks podcast. So from now on, once a week, I will be bringing uh, interesting people who are in blockchain uh, and doing uh, not very standard things and are interesting in terms of leading conversations, in terms of the views they have, in terms of how they see this space and the amazing things that they are doing in this space. So. So um, today we are going to talk about the big hot creative topic in the blockchain space, in the crypto space, which are NFTs. We're going to talk about art, we're going to talk about crypto side of it, and we're going to sort of talk about the marketing and the blockchain and everything related to that space. So I would love to invite the uh, amazing guests that I'm having here. Vasa, welcome to Crypto Talks. Thank you so much, Ania. It's a, it's a real pleasure to be with you. I'm a slightly preoccupied as I'm still uh, posting this on Facebook and Twitter and a couple of other things so people can join the live feed. Uh, I'm, I'm super psyched to be talking. It, it seems like we have a lot in common and uh, yeah. <laughs> qu- quite quite a lot to talk about all together. And I'm, I'm very energized to do it, to be honest. Yeah. Awesome. Great. So, yeah, when people join, they I'm monitoring the comments. So you can leave comments. You can leave some questions. We will make sure that we address them as well. Uh, I already see some people are watching at the moment. So thanks for watching. Thanks for joining. Uh, I was telling Vasa that I've met him several times on different events in London, pre-COVID days when London was vibrant, when things were happening. We had many different um, events where blockchain community was gathering and um, and uh, having uh, lots of interesting um, things to talk about. So Vasa was always there on the best events with his art and there was always a big crowd around him trying to figure out what he was doing there and what was this art about. Uh, so I never had a chance to actually talk to him, although I knew who he was, what he was doing, etc. And I've seen loads of his art in different places so far. So finally, we got the chance um, from far away this time. But yeah, nice to connect finally. Oh, for sure. I, w- I wish you would have elbowed some people out the way because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't always that busy. But um, yeah, that was uh, so cool. I, I did spend um, quite a lot of time going going through the rounds in, in London uh, with the different events. I mean, the, the, it's London is such a luxury when it comes to, well, not not now with the, with the COVID stuff going on. Unfortunately, uh, yeah. But, but altogether, like um, the, you have essentially five big kind of crypto events a week if you want to uh, go and hang out and meet yeah. like-minded people and what very quickly like during the last last couple of years in London it really was that my social circle was the crypto people period I mean that's that's pretty much all all the I, I didn't go <laughs> go much anywhere else so uh, yeah it was uh, it was a good time and met, met a lot of very good friends and and of course um, like people like uh, James Bowwater from uh, Crypto AM who, who still keeps doing incredible things and he just uh, he he's I, I think today just said that he's migrating uh, the City AM Awards to Dubai and um, yes. yeah that's yeah, uh, right, neither that's- here or there but a- a- anyway brings back a lot of very good memories. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's start, I guess, from the very beginning. Uh, you know, if you could tell uh, what amazing things you're doing uh, at the moment. Uh, so, you know, I already mentioned that you're an artist. I already mentioned that you're in the blockchain space. But many people might say, huh, how does these two work together at all? Like, what the hell is he doing? So for those who haven't uh, heard about you, uh, can you tell us what you're doing? Um, <clears throat> before going into the creativity or processes or things like that that often actually kind of they're hard to even go to in a way that they're they're not narcissistic or boring to people i think the 
the real mission of what it is that I'm doing in the crypto space, because I've been a monetary activist, let's say from 2006 and even produced um, a documentary about the monetary system already back in 2010 with my own production company uh, funds and, and time and resources. And I've, I've been quite the advocate for people to start to understand value, I suppose, from multiple different kind of um, um, perspectives. Uh, what what is the fiat money printing system, or if if Warhol started the printer on on art altogether? How did, like for example, one of the w w things that I realized just a while ago, and I can't believe it took me this long to realize, but when and took gold uh, the gold standard off uh, the the monetary system in seventy one, I believe it was. That's when art started also reflecting and uh, sort of. Peak took a direction with Warhol of how he started with his literal factory to print art. So essentially, you could say that up until crypto art, our past four decades at least in art have been fiat art. And crypto art as a movement kind of stopped it. So in one way, you could say that a lot of the investment now that the renaissance is coming to space in, in the form of creativity and what it stands for is that a, a lot of the investments of the past four decades of the art world are, are going to lose a lot of value. Uh, and when you, when you widen the scope of it, I think the big picture is that in Italy uh, uh, of renaissance, what we have right now is essentially the crypto Medici uh, decentralized family uh, of, of who are the ones who have the banking innovation this time. And what the OGs need to realize uh, is that they need to fund the culture uh, into existence, much like in the Renaissance Italy, uh, Cosimo Medici did uh, in order for this country, in this case, the, the, the world essentially, or the coming metaverse to come out of the chaos to, to really make cultural landmarks uh, in order for get, uh, us to uh, revitalize the world. Because if mm -hmm. Bitcoin is anything, it's opening up the arteries of, of the uh, whole monetary system of, of the world. And you listen to some people like uh, Michael Saylor or someone who was almost like a poet in, in the form of a businessman when he talks yeah. about all of this stuff. I mean, you, you can't help but to get inspired and energized and you make art about it or you... Uh, like even NFTs, what, what, what I haven't heard up until now is that what if it's a, a way to fund uh, bipartisan media? What if it's uh, a way to start helping research papers in the scientific community to come out of, uh, of their wilderness and what's been going on with the STEM fields in America and, and, and everywhere? Because we, yeah. we have all of these crumbling institutions everywhere. And now it, it's almost like... Uh, for the early OGs, it was already allotted that they needed to grow into bigger boots uh, from essentially nerds. And I say this most lovingly, I'm a nerd myself, yeah. uh, uh, that they became business owners and they needed to all of a sudden hire 100 people and do things like that. But now the, the next phase is that they need to understand that they are the people who will fix the things that Bitcoin and they themselves critique. So mm -hmm. the, the point is not for them to become the next Fortune 500 crypto magazine heads and, and make their fourth super yacht or any stupid Lambo bullshit like that. It's for them to assume responsibility for fixing the world as opposed to uh, building their citadels. So uh, I think it's a very good point because, uh, you know, sorry for <laughs> interrupting, but I just want to emphasize this point because very few talk about this. And, you know, uh, every time uh, things develop further and every time, uh, you know, Bitcoin uh, gets to all time high and has its bull run. Many people focus on the price. Many po people focus on getting rich. Many people talk uh, about making money. And, and very few actually, uh, you know, go back to the roots and talk about the whole philosophy behind it and why it was, you know, uh, created in the first place. So, you know, what, you, what you're saying is very important because very few just, you know, uh, actually uh, keep the focus on that and don't get distracted by the temptation and by the Lambos and everything else. Uh, many people are in the space because of the Lambos, right? <laughs> oh, sure. And I, I have nothing against Lambos. I, I mean, I'd love to fulfill a couple of childhood dreams myself along the way. Uh, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. But especially like, because people pay attention to things that makes them uh, survive and thrive, maybe, uh, and then they pay attention to the luxuries. And at 
because of what's been happening in, the, in, let's say, the Nixon gold standard and how that reflected to art, because of all the things that happened to art uh, ever since, no one serious has really looked for art for any kind of solution anymore. It's at best uh, a, a sort of Gucci bag. Uh, type of attitude of what mm-hmm. people have for it. And if you go a little bit back to what uh, the foundations of art were, uh, arguably the two oldest forms of art are body painting and cave painting. And people mm-hmm. did them in a ritualistic setting to try and, <clears throat> because this is, uh, th- it, we're in a mer- merciless uh, biological machine. And we're, we sort of die and we wonder what the hell it is that we're doing over here. And it's painful and weird and, uh, am I going to get children and married or, you know, whatever, all, all of the worries in the world. And what art to begin with did was to help us connect to something bigger than ourselves, something that could be considered maybe transcendence or help us deal with all of this stuff essentially, or to, that is this biological machine and, and the kind of very cold, often, world that we face. So art had a very distinct purpose in helping us survive, but because it hasn't really done that function for a long time, or it's just portrayed something demonic or deconstruction or or things like that, it hasn't really helped us elevate. And I mm-hmm. think the, the real cost of that is that I, I think the quite disposable and sort of plastic art and these bananas on the wall, what it people can't see yet the direct relationship to the to the depressions to the meaninglessness of life or or the mm-hmm. kinds of crises of us as human beings altogether or even in the art sense our obsession with things that are kind of machine like or soulless mm-hmm. so what we're talking very big themes here of what what the job of an artist is is to go to the psyche of the whole space and of course in the crypto sense it's to help in terms of the public relationships of of maybe condensing art into a, a form that would communicate to those who are yet not haven't really understood what bitcoin is or crypto is it's to help make impactful things that might invite people in to uh, sort of realize what it is it's one form of public relations but uh, and there are similarities some similarities to marketing and pr and and this is mm-hmm. why this uh, the talk is exciting but it's also different so there are overlapping things but it needs to be able to be its own thing in a certain sense and it needs to be respected as that as opposed to just uh flattery or or sort of uh, gucci bags and that's what i'm trying to return into it and then people will follow with the actual uh results of it i suppose and that that can work in the benefit of this whole space okay yeah it totally makes sense i mean the the way i see this and and probably it's kind of you know uh based on my previous experiences the nft space in general i have a feeling like it's uh you know just like back in the days self-publishing uh, eliminated all these agents, all these kind of, you know, people who would decide whether you're good enough to be read by your future readers and to be published, et cetera, et cetera. And you could go to Amazon and just, you know, put out your files and, and publish a book. And then the readers, if they like it, they would buy and read it. And you sort of bypass all these, you know, uh, huge burdens of waiting for years and years to, to figure out whether anyone would read what you've written. Uh, now it's, again, a very similar situation where you don't need an agent, you don't need a gallery to showcase your art. You don't need all these people to make a decision and make a judgment whether your art is worth, uh, you know, whatever it's worth or, you know, whether your art deserves for your audience to see it and enjoy it. Is that like the right kind of parallels that I'm seeing or or you see it differently? Well, it's along those lines, but let's say in the current uh, art academia, it mostly focuses on everything that I would now call fiat art. It doesn't take into consideration most often uh, coming from the cave painting days to, let's say, ancient Egypt or uh, the religious roots of art and transcendence and and all of the temples around the world of what they were trying to describe and how they went sort of hand in hand was a lot, most of the world's spiritual practices and the art produced about it. Mm-hmm. And then you go to antiquity, you go to 
um, let's say, the, the, the Enlightenment period and, and everything, how it was reflected not only in the art pieces or statues, but in buildings and buildings having functions and th those kinds of things. Uh, so right now, it's been the printer machine went into overdrive and it became sort of uh, either activism of, of a very narrow kind or then uh, this sort of printing fancy things for the rich. Uh, and, and that's been the focus of the past 40 years. And that's why people don't really think of it as something very important because the, the scope hasn't been uh, okay. widened. And, uh, and what I'm trying to uh, personally uh, achieve and inspire in others is to look at what had been already achieved, let's say, in ancient Egypt. And it puts everything that we've done for the past 50 years as artists, uh, it basically gets condensed into something like, what, what do we have to remember from this period uh, of, let's say, the past 50 years? Mm -hmm. And it comes down to something like Damien Hirst's shark, which is an, an incredible uh, concept and kind of delivery. But when you put it into, it's maybe at best kind of like a, it, it is a, a transcendence of sort and how we are magnificent beasts ourselves and 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 death in a certain kind of sense but it's nothing you put it up against egypt and some of these magnificent things we have nothing to write home about for the past 50 years it's ridiculous mm -hmm. and we've sort of cuddled ourselves to think that what we have achieved is something magnificent and we haven't. And now we are, are at the precipice of this new birth of the uh, metaverse and, and this kind of renaissance that might be funded and fueled by crypto in significance and returning some humanity into this kind of thing, even though it's going even further digital. But if we collectively understand a little bit more of what it is that we're doing and how we're meant to be helping one another feel good. Uh, in mm -hmm. the face of AI and automation and all these kinds of things, why are we doing this? What What is the value that we have for one another and how can we connect better and and have more functional families altogether? I, su I suppose that that's one thing. And But we, we of course, we're going to get there by, uh, let's say now, uh, the NBA top shots and them tokenizing their moments and all of the kinds of things. And you just... Like one of my slides in Dubai when I gave my previous keynote was about NFTs uh, in, in two ways. First of all, it's all the brands that are coming in, which is all the Marvel Studios and Star Warses and the yeah. uh, the film productions, the musics, the, the the everything that we already know and have a lot of love for in pop culture and Netflix and whatever. They will tokenize mm -hmm. their own culture, which is one thing. And uh, and you start to think of how much money that is altogether and how we get to the trillions very soon. Uh, th that's one thing. But what's more even close to my heart in a certain kind of sense is uh, thinking that. Uh, the government-funded uh, institutional art has been quite, excuse me, subservient to ideologies, let's say, the past 50 years. Mm -hmm. yeah. NFTs are really a liberation for you to be finally an artist, free to say who you are and what you stand for and what you want to do. You don't have to kowtow to an old broken system anymore. So that's mm -hmm. wonderful. Uh, then for digital output, for the most part, uh, digital artists ever since the dawn of computers have been serving corporates. Uh, it, it's either, even if it, if you're working for sure, Pixar, yeah. you're still working for a massive company or a Marvel movie yeah. or something. You have the glamour of it, but you have very little personal freedom in terms of actually expressing yourself, if yeah. you're a 3D artist or even an illustrator or, or, or what, all of these wonderful creativity tools, even from painting, you can tokenize your paintings and you can make them move. You can, whatever, the, the, the world's your oyster. So what it is, is a liberation of a whole creative class of people that is so much needed that we have so many voices that stifle themselves because they're afraid that you know, the, the old model of funding for their lives is going to dry out if they, God forbid, would bid themselves. And I think this is yeah. why I'm, what I'm learning in the process of all of this. Um, so that's the most beautiful part of it. And uh, so you can have your Lambos and your money, fine. Uh, but let's also pay attention to what this really is and why it's significant and how that can help the survival part in a different kind of way. Why Why are we surviving to begin with? Why do you stay yeah. alive? And, and you know, you, you buy your second yacht. Let's get, how, how long is that going to give you actual pleasure? 
No, I mean, th- every next one will give it a shorter uh, time span of, of you feeling happy about it. Like you get used to it at some point. So like, you know, the second Lambo will, will not really do much anyway. But, but I'm, yeah. I'm just working but, on my first boat even. So <laughs> it's, it's very interesting. You know, I, I really love this idea that, you know, uh, about liberation and being yourself, because yes, I do agree that a certain type of art or a certain type of artist may not be uh, sort of, you know, within those uh, parameters of what expected and what is sort of commercial and what is something that the uh, the big corporations are are looking for. Um, so I feel like diversity of you know styles, diversity of expressions, and different sort of you know new types of things that we haven't seen before will be emerging as a result of that. Uh, and I think it's beautiful. It's it's really great. And um, the other thing is, I feel like this also gives a space for the artist to grow as well because they will feel uh, free to experiment without having that pressure and burden of trying to satisfy certain people, right? So um, plus you get this direct relationship with your audience and sort of directly uh, kind of, you know, eventually the people who will like your specific style just because that's how it is and because it's yours will be gathering around you so you will end up you know being celebrated versus not understood and kind of you know judged by just because your style is different right there's there's one thing that i'm i'm um i used to have a very wide scope like let's say when i did the uh, in 2013, I did a collaboration with my style with a Bollywood actress called Veena Malik, and we we really made a cultural impact with that thing. But because it didn't sit with any of the narratives of the institutions, it didn't really get to ultimately do what it was designed to do. Uh, uh, but we reached about 300 million people with something that cost 20,000 euros to make, and okay. and that was like on a on a global scale, and. Basically, I realized throughout that process, and now it's honed for me to the point that I, uh, I, I kind of made this tweet just a little while ago. Is that one of one of the fascinating things about Elon Musk is that his uh, his um, current life mission is defined by a great irony that it's all about harnessing the power of the sun and reworking the whole energy grid. But then in order to do the Mars missions or the SpaceX missions, you need dinosaur blood in order to escape the the gravity of the world. And I'm in a slightly similar situation is that I've built such a thing that it requires uh, someone really, really dedicated to take some time to learn what it is and why it's significant and what it can really do. And I think in a similar way, even though I'm all about the decentralization and the need of the decentralization, I'm my sort of uh, dinosaur blood is one Medici to come and look at what it is that I've done and funded so I can really do what I need to do. Uh, because the, right now the danger of and what I would presume is a little bit the same same problem as with marketing is that when you look at true marketing, like let's say what BMW knows about marketing, uh, how it's not about the product, it's about the experience. And what's been learned over in PR during the last, let's say, 60, 70 years or something like that, that it's not about the glamour of the person or the brand. It's about the experience of what it can offer and all all those kinds of things. They would not be easily understood nor appreciated yet in the crypto space because of the very short amount of time that uh, this whole evolution has happened and people, there's a big discrepancy in between uh, how different crypto is as an island in the sea of of the fiat world and then what they need to understand about what's valuable let's say about the legacy art world or the legacy marketing world and how to integrate it all so that it becomes a a very effective package so uh, that uh, i kind of lost my train of thought a little bit there it's nice you kind of made this segue towards the, the the marketing side of things and i do agree that in this space the marketing is kind of uh undervalued the real one uh so it feels like you know these days um most of the projects are looking for shortcuts and quick fixes and kind of pumping and dumping and kind of you know getting these short-term effects and then you know replicating those short-term uh 
things over and over again. So it kind of, you know, it stretches a little bit more. But at the end of the day, uh, exactly the things that you mentioned are not really uh, addressed. Uh, the, the experience behind it, the, the story behind it, you know, the explanation of what the product's value is, like why did they even create it at first place? Who, who is it for kind of, you know, what does it bring and how does it change people's lives? Um, so at the end of the day, what we end up with, unfortunately, is a very dry website with, with loads of terms and people come to it and have no idea what the hell is it and, and who is it for. And then just they, they bounce out. So um, it's kind of echo chambering, uh, people talking to themselves, uh, people who understand this stuff uh, in, in their own terminology which just doesn't make sense because at the same time, parallel to that, they're talking about mass adoption. They're talking about bringing people, uh, you know, from the non-crypto space into this space and, and attract them. But then how do you attract by talking a completely different language, right? As, as a base, they have to understand what you're saying and then go from there. Well, they they have, a, let's say, many people have, I, I think, um, I'm an anomaly because I, I like marketing and communication. I understand the true value of it when it's done in, in high quality. And uh, let's say people have this easily, this perception is that we have easily one of the punchiest uh, spaces in the world. Uh, it's really the, the central banking system versus the, the, the cri emerging crypto lifeblood type of thing. And yeah. the, it's the biggest game in the world. And if crypto is to make its case, it needs to do it with truth. And they have an idea, many of the people who are running the companies, as in that marketing is lying, as opposed to telling the truth. But of course, when you're telling the truth, you have to own up to the truth. And it's actually something that is uh, quite punchy. So the normal sort of corporate culture doesn't gel with the marketing of crypto at all. You can't mm -hmm. just as a as a company, go and hire a normal uh, marketing agency who wouldn't understand what fiat currency is to begin with. They'd go like, but that's money, right? So you can't bring those people. It, it needs to be born from within the community itself for them to realize who their, what their talents are and how they can incorporate it into the realizations of what they know about crypto already. Uh, and, and this would be one thing that I would, uh, I've been calling for a new generation of a wave of art critics to enter crypto. They can't be the people from the old legacy world because they wouldn't get mm -hmm. it in a much similar kind of way. And people inside of the crypto art piece, uh, space are very like, oh, critics. I mean, those awful people who just bash new things and they're not open to innovation. No, not those. It would again be someone, those people who are truly aware of art history and the connotations and technology and finance and all of these kinds of holistic things. And then this space to for them to be born from inside of the community to help the investors and the sort of healthy hierarchy to be born in a, in a better way so that we don't have to learn the hard way and nfts don't have to become the new ico which it will if some things aren't critiqued and uh, sort of course corrected a little bit along the way so yeah. I, i've made myself personal known grata in many circles by actually saying that hey i get it we're in a gravy train but listen <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I get what you're saying, because the thing is, like, you know, uh, um, we have, like, all these amazing things you're talking about uh, around NFTs and, and the crypto art and the art in general, etc. But on the other hand, we also have, like, these... Uh, Maybe it's my wrong perception, but my perception is that, you know, um, the stuff that is... Uh, more popular among the crypto community and probably would sell better as an NFT is going to be like a crypto mem related stuff or crypto culture related stuff, which, you know, some critiques may say that it's not really an art or, you know, it's not up to the quality that you would like art to be or whatever is that, right? So um, there is this mismatch of, uh, I don't know, like, uh, what do you think? Like a really... Um, high quality artistic um, uh, painting or, or anything that is turned into NFT, would it be appreciated enough among that crowd or they just want to, to keep their culture and that vibe in, in, in the demand and kind of, you know, generation? Well, I, there, there are some artists who are sort of 
even more suited because I'm uh, even though I'm a crypto artist and have been full time and calling myself for that for uh, for three and a half years and utilize the technology and I get the space and I work for the space. There is a somewhat bigger mission that I'm on, which is the whole evolution of the Renaissance altogether of returning art itself into a very different kind of sphere as to where it's been for a long time. And I know that sounds crazy, but I seem to be the one <laughs> who's compelled to to try at least uh, mightily or or fail in the process. But because of how it is that I talk and what I think that I've built and the the transition of it, it's not yet, in my particular case, the NFTs are not yet well received. But the crypto art to begin with uh, and the physical versions of my work were. So I'm still hodling on because my digital output has been uh, or my works have been digital originals for 12 years. Mm -hmm. So I've been waiting for this moment to happen for over a decade already uh, wow. in order for NFTs to become a thing. Uh, yeah. And of course, from a multitude of, of different kind of points of view, but I'm not tokenizing most of my works yet because I don't feel like the people, I haven't found those people yet. But behind the scenes, I'm working with a bunch of companies and a bunch of uh, now new innovations that are going to elevate and bring them forth in the correct kind of way. And I'm, I'm just doing it per patiently uh, up until now. So in my particular case, not yet fully, uh, or, or not even for the most part, I suppose. Mm -hmm. uh, but there are people who are very well suited for them to do some of the virtual reality projects now, uh, some of the expressions who, which are already making a bunch of money that are are kind of uh, energized very much behind the, the like they're they're fueling a lot of the things already. So I wouldn't. It's hard to say crudely this and that, uh, but in my particular case, I'm still waiting a little bit in order to be able to release them in a dignified way because the the mm -hmm. it's now a lot about novelty. It's yeah. whether it moves, it's fancy, it's it's this, and mm -hmm. does it say about crypto, does it have the logos? But let's say, in terms of the true meaning of the metaverse, when you really start to look at what the art is saying and how many layers there are to it and how that reflects to the culture at large, uh, what's happened before and what's going to happen, that can be said in a stills image. And in fact, that is what I've been doing for the mm -hmm. 12 years. There's very few people who are looking at my work at the moment, realizing that it's maybe uh, this wide, but it's miles deep. Mm -hmm. they, they, yeah. So that that's a... Yeah, I a think it's just, you know, we always have this, uh, you know, as artists, we always have this kind of... Uh, uh, I don't know, internal conflict or, you know, decision maker making that we have to follow up with, which is like you, you create what, what you feel like and what you want, etc. But that thing may not be commercially viable, right? So like, for example, in, in the fiction space in, in the last years, like, you know, if, if you start to, to write something, uh, closer to the quality of Hemingway, uh, you'll probably not really uh, sell the quantity of Fifty Shades of Grey, right? Because that's mm. not what people are uh, valuing at the moment. That's what people are after, etc. So I have a feeling that in the crypto art at the moment, it feels like, you know, we have a certain sort of standard of Fifty Shades of gray uh kind of uh, equivalent for nfts which is this green frog with with uh, bitcoin eyes or whatever it is and that's what people love because it's part of their culture and of their community mm -hmm. but then very often you may see something amazing in terms of like quality and and you know what you see in terms of actual art but people will kind of you know it, it may discourage the artist because from the very beginning it's 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 obvious that probably it will do not as good as the frog thing, right? So uh, I, I feel like when you were you were talking about the critiques and 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 all this stuff, maybe that was a, a new sort of uh, way of trying to somehow balance out the thing, or or I I just don't know. I just feel like there is this this, this balance, and it's everywhere. It's not only in crypto art, but as I said, like it's the same with fiction. It's the same with uh, you know uh, anything out there at the moment but that but that's what i mean about the whole 
wider mission of the Renaissance, because whether it's uh, scientific or media or uh, all of these institutions that we see now crumble, those, those who are not directly employed by the institutions, and even those in the institutions know that they're crumbling, but those in the institutions can't say it because their paycheck depends on it. And then, yeah. of course, we now have this whole thing of still that uh, what is credible, what is trustable, and and essentially the foundation of crypto truly is that you don't need to trust, you verify, you, you get the underneath um, sort of whole idea is that you build the foundations of trust back up again. And, and those layers, if that's the foundational layer, then this money that is coming into this pool, this energy, like Michael Saylor says about the conservation of energy and how that's going into Bitcoin and the, the foundation keeps, the gravity keeps taking it. Well, this gravity is meant to be fueling everything that comes up from there that we would like to see in the world, uh, as discussed before. Mm -hmm. And in my part uh, and the cultural side, what I'm trying to do is a similar kind of way is just to make some things, of course, make a living and keep doing what it is that I'm doing and keep increasing the the, the quality and the depth of it and the meaning of it, but simultaneously talk about this same thing, which is that we need to rebirth the whole society. We need to fix the things so that even if you make your millions of dollars, you won't have 200 people with pitchforks outside of your, uh, your house taking you down because they're pissed. You know, it, it's like, it's like this, uh, it, it, it's yeah. not a comfortable thing, but it, it but it's it, it makes the Lambo moon uh, have fun staying poor bullshit all the more horrendous. Uh, yeah. I, I get the frustration. I, I mean, there, there's been many people in the space who've been saying for ten years that please look at this so that it will help your life that you won't be left on on a like without anything if if this system collapses and they were treated as lunatics and idiots and and kind of conspiracy theorists whatever you label. Uh, you were sort of cast out of society altogether if you started talking about this thing uh, 10 years ago. And now that they still haven't listened and now they're in their crisis and now that you're making money, I understand that it's easy to say that, okay, you know, well, fuck you. But that's the worst thing that you could do. It's it's time to grow up into those big uh, boy and lady boots to to become the leaders that you thought that you were. Yeah, because it's also like, you know, what what I feel like is that many people don't really uh, realize the level of their responsibility. Many people just don't get it that they are responsible for, for many things, right? And if, uh, you know, they're responsible for actually explaining this in a manner that it's, it's you know, it doesn't end up by you sounding like a lunatic, uh, by, uh, you know, moderating your emotions when you explain stuff. Because let's be honest, like, I, I totally get that and I'm, I'm with you on the same page, but putting myself in the shoes of someone who doesn't really understand the space and who hasn't really gotten too deep into the thing and hasn't read anything about it, if a very extreme Bitcoin maximalist starts talking to you, and doesn't even want to listen and and just you know just tells his stuff and he's like this is the truth take it or leave it i don't even want to discuss it and doesn't put effort explaining things uh, that can be put off right put some people off so i do understand like you know the passion behind it i do understand the reasoning behind it and why people act that way but i feel like it's also a responsibility to take from that side of the thing taking into account who you're talking to and trying to sort of, you know, modify the, the level of the passion, modify how much you accept, modify sort of, you know, the conversation behind it and, and try to, uh, I don't know, to, to, to make the story more relevant to the person you're talking to, right? Because you, you're not at the same level. You have to, to understand that, you know, very often since you're not at the same level, it's very hard for them to get it. Well, I think to begin with, what, what what's so delightful about this conversation is that uh, you're now, as far as I understand, you're evolving your whole concept of of uh, the the marketing podcast into this very human approach podcast and and a different kind yeah. of thing. But I, I don't think you'll be able to escape with your uh, with your audiences 
perception being that this is a marketing podcast for a while. And in one way, I think this is the better marketing. This is how it should be done to begin with, is that people are actually talking about in a as adult of a way as, as they're, they're, they're capable uh, and contributing something that is truthful and punchy and makes sense. And it's not jargony. It's not something that goes about, you know, the all the kinds of things that are, well, I can't stand when I start to hear that stuff. I, I have to switch it off now. So if someone wants to sell me something, if they want to tell me something about a product or whatever it is, they're going to have to show up as a human being. They're going to have to tell me things that make sense. That they're going to have to sometimes say things that are even uncomfortable for them to say, or, you know, somehow make it truly relevant or interesting. And you can't, just hide behind the screen or throw a bunch of money at someone to make it happen or whatever it is. No, you need to show up. Uh, and that's, I think that is the the truest essence of, of PR and marketing. And to change that idea from the, the common perception of it being lying or trickery or, or something like that to more like a conversation like this in and of itself, this conversation is, is something that I think is something that many people should see and update the view of how to also approach people who have the capacity to do that kind of marketing and PR. Okay. So you mean you're not offended that I'm not talking about layer two and cross chain compatibility and all that stuff. Like all those terms are very hot as well, just like NFTs, but yeah. Uh, I don't know what the guy means here, but I guess you know better. So, <laughs> just an update from the from your community, I guess. <laughs> uh, Punk Rock Emilio is a longtime supporter. He's a collector, and he's a he's a soul to be reckoned with in this space. Good to be good to have you with us. Yeah. Um, well, I, I agree with you. I, I agree with you that mm. marketing is uh, is not about shilling a coin in this space uh, specifically. It may work. It may work short term, but it's it's more than that, right? If if you put them the main principles of marketing into this space, I feel like it will be so easy for the projects that are ready to do that to differentiate. If you start, you know, putting stories behind it, if you start putting emotions behind it, if you start putting real life examples behind what you're building and resonate better with with who you are building it for it will make such a better kind of case for you and people you know you will catch the people's attention people will pay attention to you people will you know get curious uh you know once you trigger the right emotions they will you know pay um some time to to actually uh spend enough time to see what you're doing and mm. and you get the chance to explain it to them uh the problem is that many projects just could people off straight away by being so complicated in the way they explain things that the, the least the last thing that a person wants to feel is to feel like he's stupid so at that you know at that point straight away they are being put off and they're like okay this is not for me this is like way above my kind of you know intellectual levels i really don't get it i don't feel i'd rather watch netflix than read a, a you know a specific book or watch a video about how blockchain works if I don't get it, I don't get it. I'll just, you know, wait until I see what happens next, right? So, um, so I just feel like uh, that's the mismatch, right? We need the right bridges to to put these two worlds together in a human way, where where people just hear the right stories that resonate with them. Because the problem is, uh, very often, even when they try to tell the stories. The story is about themselves being a hero and building something that disrupts the industry. And they are this, you know, uh, knight in an armor. They came to save everyone, right? Uh, while what they don't realize is this in that story, the hero should be the person for whom they are building that thing. They should, you know, create a story around the, the audience. The audience should be the hero of the story, not themselves. The story shouldn't be about themselves or their project. It should be about that person's lives and how it's being changed and, you know, what you are building, uh, you are bringing to this person's life. It should be a story of a journey of that person, of where he is um, to, to where he wants to get. 
And you are the transformation. You are the person, you know, who's helping him get from that point to the other point. And and very often, uh, I, I understand that there is lots of ego in this space, and I understand that it's very tempting to be this, you know, hero of the story. But what many people don't understand is it's not about your founder. It's not about your project. The story is not your story. It should be their story. And and I think that's where the biggest mismatch comes into place. It's a it's a peculiar thing because uh, uh, I'm I'm building a, a project with this uh, new platform called Superworld, and I'm I've been an uh, Egypt freak for a long, long time already, and I'm fascinated by that culture altogether. And much like many cultures, uh, when you look at their statues and their buildings, they built them very grandiose, and it was very much about the pharaoh and the glory and and you know the the gigantic size of things but when it comes to egypt um many of the let's say the the uh, sphinx it points actually to the constellation of the leo and uh it's believed that it actually originally had a lion's head and it was a time measurement device uh, essentially and the majority of the structures as well as the statues and and, and their mythology essentially points to the universe it's it, it points to let's say if if um, the spiritual practice if it has any meaning whatsoever it should be uh, the guiding process of how you realize that you go from being um, an insulated human being no matter how grandiose your ego might be into realizing that you are actually the universe you're you're a part you're like a drop of water inside of a bigger thing and then you get connected into everything and no uh, the the size of your yacht won't help you in that journey uh, uh, that is the ultimate reward for you to realize the grandiosity of life altogether and i think the healthy amount of ego let's say that i need in order to not be crushed underneath the the magnitude that I feel like what I'm, what it is that I'm trying to do as well as remain, remain humble about it because life will always put you on your knees if you can't, uh, sort of tamper your own, own, <laughs> own journey in that kind of a way. And sometimes it's really good yeah. that it does that. But, but if the purpose, no matter how grandiose you come across, but you understand that you're in service of a bigger thing, then you're kind of uh, in check with things in a, in a certain way. And I think ego has gotten a, bad rap in a kind of way that for some reason also we want to tear those down who tend to elevate but then we also uh we we emulate them and we want that for ourselves but we want our heroes to at least be working for all of us rather than just for themselves because otherwise it's that whole greed wall street thing and i i hope we're pretty done with that but it is it is seeping back in into the bull run again and it's rhetoric, but uh, but but what I'm trying to say is that maybe maybe it can be both because I, w- I was certainly inspired by the if you if you think of the the Star Wars story I, I mean everyone knows now the nerds with their plastic toys and LARPing inside of the the woods as adults and how sad that is uh, but essentially if you know the the core of the story was uh, that a guy called Joseph Campbell he essentially uh, gathered the myths from all different continents of the world and he realized that they all have a, had a similar structure with regards to how a boy grows into a man and he sort of condensed this into a book called a hero with a thousand faces and that george lucas then transferred into into space with robots but that's why it resonated especially with young boys so so much is that it's the age-old story of of our growth into uh, an adult human being uh, when all the different um, sort of institutional religions and and churches were going down and people couldn't find that thing there anymore uh it went for nourishment in that so in my particular case what i'm saying is that i i do see myself as a bit of a hero in this story but i also uh see how i'm not the only hero so maybe in some way there could there can be an example of it and this drive and maybe there's a little bit of ego (laughs) behind it of course there is everyone has it but i'm I'm no longer in denial of it but i try and make it the the servant of this whole thing and to be truly inspired for because that same thing is in all of us and we can have that so I totally get that. And in Star Wars case, what what I meant was probably that your role as a blockchain founder would be Yoda's role, 
like you know it's you're, right. you're not the, the hero you're the yoda who is leading the hero and how oh that makes sense yeah, perfect. yeah that's kind of if you're looking at that analogy that's that's what i meant like you know oh, cool. you, you yeah, play yeah. a role and you play pretty cool role but you're not the the one who is getting into the transition right and, not and luke journey of transition is is your customer's journey is your client's journey basically that's oh, how yeah, perfect think. yeah that's a great analogy so uh yeah i mean it's uh it's very interesting i mean we spoke about uh loads of concepts and and you know looking at all these comments without which i was putting up for those who were watching the live stream you know it was pretty engaged like things were happening over there people were dropping comments in there which means that it's always a good sign um but uh let's say uh i mean if someone is listening and they are artists just like you, but I haven't been in the space, they don't really know what it's all about and would like to learn more and to sort of, you know, to, to get into this space, what is the best and easiest way? Like, where do you start? Because I feel like if they go to uh, Google and start searching NFTs or crypto art, whatever, they may end up getting super overwhelmed with everything that will come on their way. So. Um, for those who want to get into this place, uh, where do we start? Well, um, my introduction was, uh, I suppose, before anything, I got to see a couple of documentaries about how money works or how money comes into existence. So I had that foundation. Uh, but coming into crypto, my um, sort of sensei and Yoda, uh, and I finally got a got the absolute privilege of meeting him in London as well, Andres Antonopoulos, the the guru himself. He was uh, such a profound thing because he's so uncorruptible, but also not uh, so intolerant of some ideas. Uh, so, but but he certainly punches you in in the face with the with truth uh, and a kind of perspective you've probably never heard and he was great but also to to soften that up a little bit but by no means uh saying that it's it's a soft ride altogether or always either is the bad crypto podcast so joel and travis were the ones that i started listening to uh, almost simultaneously as as i did andreas and uh you know it's it's been a real pleasure to to become friends with Joel and Travis as well and and doing projects together and and whatever those th those are very good spirited uh people and their whole team uh, of how much they've contributed to to people's understanding of the whole space and their their spectrum is of course a uh, hundred times more wide in a in a certain sense than Andreas is Andreas is a very particular uh uh machine <laughs> but but those two yeah. uh, would you wouldn't drown in getting to sort of in the waters with those uh, but i think andreas is certainly important to get the foundation with because I, I i really hope that there would be more more artists who are now especially entering because if if you go to the the wikipedia page of crypto art uh, art movements happen very, very rarely. And usually those who make them, uh, they're often friends with one another, uh, and, uh, and, you know, Gauguin's and the, and the Picasso's and the, and the certain yeah. periods and what, what happened. And crypto art really is, uh, the most important art movement now, uh, that is going on. But because of some corporate interest and, of course, some other things as well of how punchy it is and what it stands for, um, if you now go to the Wikipedia page, it won't mention anything about there being uh, a horde of artists who came in to support the new money movement uh, and this technology uh, for the first time in world history. You won't find any reference to that. You'll just hear about some ETH tokens and some platforms and whatever, and, and basically the whole essence of it is has been washed away. Uh, so th there is... It's by no means uh, even taken for granted that the world will ever know that there was such a movement as crypto art. Because essentially the NFTs, for better or worse, uh, it's becoming like this music television 2.0 as well. And a little bit speaking to our, uh, let's say, the, the dignity of true marketers or true artists that are, are, are needed in order for them to be able to sustain and make what they do it's not necessarily the most helpful advancement of how NFTs are now growing into a certain kind of direction. It's becoming a carnival as opposed to something 
that is a historic, important movement supporting mm -hmm. like 3.5 billion people out of poverty and the arteries of the world opening. So, so there is a big struggle going on at the moment. So uh, that maybe I, I wanted to bring a little bit of attention to. But oh, if, if you don't mind, I have one point that I, I, I thought was important to share as well. Especially relating to this now old dying meme of of your podcast being about uh, marketing, uh, beca because because um, I, I remember how shocked I was at one point when there was the, this television series uh, that came on on Netflix called The Ranch, and it was all of a sudden it was more about the red state rather than the blue state, and I w I'd grown so accustomed to everything being a sort of blue state uh, point of view from television and Hollywood and and that kind of a way that it was a real shock to realize that there is like half of the American population is almost uncatered to in their entertainment. And all of a sudden there was one uh, series that was more like all of a sudden, like did a whole flip in a gentle kind of way, but represented almost 50% of the population. And I, I started thinking about <clears throat> this whole need of marketing need, needing to be quite punchy, and it can't be for everyone. You do need to know your target or your audience a little bit. And I'm realizing that even these big brands, let's say like Gillette and whatever, and they went very in a feminine direction, I would say, from the traditional masculine sort of uh, campaigns of what they used to do, is that there's the majority of advertising and PR has been now catering for about 50% of the population, which is a massive hole in terms of like what could be done with the others and how, how much probably pent up need and frustration there is that no one's talking to them in their brands or, or things mm -hmm. like that. And of course, it's very divisive. And I'm not for that in the least. But what I'm trying to say that, uh, for example, coming into the crypto art space, uh, trying to survive in the traditional legacy art world setting it's super left, like super, super left. And you infuse that into yourself and you you kind of go into that church or cult in a certain kind of way. And you just don't know what you don't know. And then all of a sudden I got to know about uh, Eric Weinstein and and uh, uh, Jordan Peterson and Camille Paglia and, and a bunch of people who are sort of defined to be in the intellectual dark web who are uh, they're mostly Democrats, or they're mostly left or center, or a little bit uh, tilting towards the right, or something like that. Um, but uh, mostly former people who are left, and they started critiquing uh, the direction of where some things were going. And then they sort of became this almost like an underneath thing where they started even saying some of the punchy, rudimentary things that people should know about conservatives, of what the value is, and how it's not evil how it's just another point to something that needs to have a balance in society in order for it to not tilt to either side and collapse mm -hmm. and 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 that was such a delight uh, as an artist to come into a space where our tradition is that we die poor we do a lot of output and then we die and then someone takes our paintings and oh, makes a gazillion dollars and yeah. and whatever and uh, cut our ears off because we can't get the girl because we're poor so that that, <laughs> that bullshit has got to stop and the way that it stops yeah. is that you assume responsibility for your own finances and you maybe understand about the conservation of energy of what's important for you to realize as a uh, individual human being to take responsibility for some things and crypto for me has been a platform in order to balance some things about the understanding of how the universe works that you might not get in certain pockets so it really has been a balancing machine in a certain kind of way but it also helps you see the whole overview of who you're catering to whatever uh, product for and what what you're doing as a as a as a service so um i hope that comes across in the in the sense that i that i mean it is that we do really need an overview of things yeah. Uh, because yeah i think we need like a high level like full picture approach of a balanced perception of things because i do agree with you like uh we have two extreme viewpoints and it's like one versus the other it's like you're either with us or against us kind of thing and and things in life are not always black and white so it's kind of you know it's just like uh 
people advising to, I don't know, invest in one coin or the other coin or whatever. And then the problem is like when they give such advices, they never actually take the things into context. They never really take into account who they advise it to, right? Like, you know, if you don't buy a Bitcoin right now, you'll die poor or whatever, etc. But do you know that this person... You probably will, though. Barely, yeah. But what I mean, like, you know, maybe he's barely just kind of, you know, uh, it's it's just about the, the the situation in life where he's at, etc. Maybe he knows that he just can't do that, right, or whatever. I don't know. What I'm saying is that I think there is this need of of actually going a bit up and looking at the full picture and 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 putting context behind things versus just you know um having an opinion and voicing it out and then having fights on tweet on crypto twitter and just you know spending too much time with this toxic kind of you know arguments around uh, with people who who at the end of the day probably will stand to their viewpoint anyway so it's it's at some point, even meaningless, just to <laughs> just spread around toxicity. I don't know. I, I'm just. Uh, I, I think, the, like centrists altogether, or people with balance, they they let the imbalance go for far too long, and then they got frustrated because it was like you're getting hit from both sides if you're trying to maintain balance. I mean, yeah, that's because that, being a centrist, you actually have to know the punchy stuff about the left and the punchy stuff about the right. And then you kind of realize what, what the middle is so you can maintain that balance so you don't go off course. And now it's it's a very frustrating place to be because uh, probably the most counterculture thing to be at the moment is to be a centrist. But to truly be it, not not like not like in just just saying wishy washy whatever goes. No, it's actually like these are the things that I stand for, and I th that makes sense for me. And it's it 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 feels like the culture at large is a little bit like a that the left is the divorced mom and the right is the divorced dad. They're utterly, bitterly, vengefully hateful from one another and they've had a divorce and they're holding their kids as hostage. And, uh, you know, you either go with mom or you go with dad, but dad's a piece of shit and mom's a whore. Uh, <laughs> basically, there's nothing in between. So the kids uh, who are, let's say, the, the balanced people, they have Stockholm Syndrome. And uh, they don't really know how to go, go about it. They only have bad options at this moment. But I, I, I think the true moment is just to say that, you know, enough of this. Well, you know, we're all being bullied here just to, to be off kilter. Uh, and and uh, it's, it's, I'm done with it personally. That's, that's maybe a part of this podcast right now is just to go like, I'm so sick of the, the just like imbalanced people in my space comp constantly and they think that they're ruling things i i think that's kind of the the awesome ending because you know uh the, the way i'm i was looking at like who to invite as guests for this podcast you know now and in the future is uh i felt like it's not even like I don't even call it an interview, right? I'm I'm calling this genuine conversations. I, I really want to have conversations with people, even if they don't share my opinions, even if we're not on the same page, but people who are genuinely expressing their personal opinions and are not afraid for uh voicing out unpopular opinions. Because you know, we've we've heard the popular ones uh everywhere. Like we've heard it from all these stages in different conferences. We've heard it on different other podcasts. We've we've seen them write those blog posts on Hacker Noon, et cetera, et cetera. I want something different. I want like, you know, to discuss stuff that is not usually discussed and and to voice out topics that are maybe even making people a bit uncomfortable. Um, because I feel like, I mean, people don't need another like, contribution to the noise they don't need yet another podcast or yet another media which is going to tell the same thing over and over and over again it's boring it's just you know i would get bored having these conversations because like why the hell i would even do that right there's plenty of it already so uh so thank you very much for uh i mean i i knew it would be good but you know thanks for kind of you know i think it's an ideal uh relaunch episode of the podcast and that's exactly what i'm looking forward to and i'm sure that you'll refer um guests who are as as interesting as you are for the future so thank you absolutely will and it's been a real ple uh, pleasure thank you so much for having me and and uh, I'll be I'll be sharing this out and recommending you to to a bunch of people. And of course, 
with regards to hoping that even the the marketing side and the knowledge that you have with that i think uh even though you're evolving out of it and and in part this thing i i think some of those skill sets are very needed uh in this space so if you, with your permission i'd like to promote that a little bit further as well <laughs> oh yeah no i mean I, uh, me and marketing is it's part of me anyway so like i work in marketing and i work in this space so it's it's there's it's not going anywhere uh it's just that uh you know i i thought that this would be like a nice addition to what i do for work anyway the whole day and this would be like my my personal kind of private project for 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 my like my pet passion project, so to speak. So I, I just put out the, the website, danielexander.com. So anyone who would like to join, I, I have a, like a completely newborn, very, very tiny three people group on Telegram where I'm hoping to add, you know, the, the guests of the podcast and the listeners of the podcast so we can interact with each other and sort of, you know, discuss these things further. Uh, I will also probably have different rooms in um, Clubhouse because that's the, the next crazy big hot place where people talk about NFTs uh, among many other topics. So, um, so yeah, thank you very much for coming over. Thanks a lot for uh, covering a whole hour of thought-provoking topics. Uh, I truly appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. Thanks for everyone who was watching, who were watching. Thanks for your comments. Thanks for the enthusiasm. So um, I'm sure many people will uh, listen to the podcast in the audio version, in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere else that it goes to. So uh, thank you very much. And I'll meet you in a week. Bye, everyone. This was the Crypto Talks podcast brought to you by Annie Alexander. If you'd like to engage with other crypto enthusiasts and podcast guests, please join the Crypto Talks community on Telegram at AnnieAlexander.com backward slash Telegram. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you for listening and we'll meet you in the next episode.